2: Sources, inside
0: sources, inside sources, where KSL
1: offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the Senate has gone through the mental gymnastics, the policy gymnastics trying to figure out uh, what they actually just passed in the uh, very ill-suited name of Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, Many are jumping to the fact that it won't reduce inflation, but it could be really good for the environment. Uh, And as all things, you have to read the bill. You have to get into what the policy actually says and what they actually voted on. And one of the things that you actually have to look at as it relates to climate, we can all be for helping the environment. We can be careful stewards of the land, and we have to make sure that policies aren't getting in the way from things actually happening. Uh, Devin Hartman is the R Street Institute's Policy Director for Energy and Environmental Policy, and Devin joins us online. Great piece. uh, Really kind of playing out this whole idea that just throwing money at it is not the solution. There's also some regulatory hurdles that may really be what is standing in the way from progress. Uh, Devin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so so let's dive into this. Uh, first, let's talk about what is in the bill in terms of uh, investments as it relates to environment and climate policies. And then let's get into where some of the hiccups are going to be on the back end as it relates to some of those regulatory policies that might just prevent any progress from being made.
2: Sure. I think... You know, in the big picture, there's about 370 billion million of worth of energy and climate investment that's in this package right now. Uh, that's a lot of money, and it's going to be, you know, footed by um, increases in taxes. So we need to make sure that money is well spent. Most of it uh, actually goes towards subsidizing commercially mature technologies. And these are technologies right now that current capital markets are already trying to build as they can. And so it does raise the fundamental question of why are we subsidizing things that the private sector is trying to build but often can't? <laughs> um, and then there are lesser provisions also in this package. Some of that does go towards advancing uh, things like nuclear or carbon capture technologies that could advance the state of um, research and development and future technologies and those tend to be a better use of taxpayer funds. But again, that's the smaller segment of, of the overall pot. All right.
1: And, and uh, so as we, we break that down in terms of looking at uh, some of the regulatory headwinds uh, that might be slowing that down, what, uh, what is the case there? Obviously, if we're just throwing money at already uh, mature markets or spaces, uh, it's is not a good use of taxpayer funds. But where is it that the government's actually getting in the way of some of this?
2: So there's sort of an alphabet soup of regulatory problems right now um, <laughs> facing clean energy development, um, but I'll just give you a couple. Um, so any new power plant that comes online has to go through a process to connect to the grid. Right now, all of those systems are completely backlogged. There's so much clean energy that's trying to come on these systems that the, the, the grid operator in the United States, isn't even reviewing applications for four years mm. and then speaking of four years getting an environmental permit to build these projects on average is taking five years now and so this is really just you know look at all these different um obstacles that are being compounded um and we really just noticed that like we don't have a lack of motivation and capital markets to to deploy funds really get this new steel on the ground. What we really have is just a huge regulatory burden that is inhibiting a, a cleaner energy transition. Yeah, and it is that
1: transition. And, and we always like to point out the fact that, look, we, we, I think we all want to get to the same spot in terms of uh, independence. We want to make sure we're, we're doing and being careful stewards of the environment. We want to make sure we're doing things that are positive for the climate. Uh, and there has to be a path to, to get there. Uh, and so often we we throw money at all the wrong things uh, and then we wonder why we're we're still stuck in the same place or we look at places like germany who you know made a great declaration that they were going to do all of this and you know took all of their power plants offline and did all this and now they're they're more dependent on dirty russian oil uh than they were before uh, and and so we have to be careful in our process in terms of what we're doing uh, as as you look at it, Devin, from your unique perspective there, wh- what are some of the other factors that are slowing things down uh, in terms of that kind of responsible, realistic transition?
2: Well, certainly right now, uh, supply chain disruptions are a real problem. Um, most of the developers of clean energy projects I've talked to um, have said that's that's a huge problem for them. But the, the new tax credits that are in this package aren't really going to help them out much with that. So there's a little bit of, like, temporary relief for the industry. But for the most part, it's getting through the supply chain phase that we're in, a problem that markets themselves pretty well. And then really all these different regulatory um, barriers, you know, one off at a time. And there's, you know, to your point, there's responsible ways of going about this. One of the hardest areas of trade-offs is that if we're going to build this many new projects, there will be implications for things like local ecosystem impacts and species and and water quality, things like this. And we have to make sure that those protections are still there, but they need to be much more efficient than they currently are in terms of a review process. And I think the biggest thing overall going forward is that these markets are just – They don't have a clear runway to deploy the capital that they're already motivated to pursue. So um, the biggest thing that we can have going forward is some regular clarity uh, in the long term for the folks who really want to already finance the private sector. All right. Uh, Devin Hartman is the Street Institute's
1: Policy Director for Energy and Environmental Policy. Uh, Devin, thanks for weighing in today. All right, again, that's uh, Devin Hartman from the R Street Institute. And uh, I think it's so important as we look at, okay, so this part of the bill has has passed. It's got to go through the House, obviously, which uh, should happen tomorrow, by the way. We'll keep uh, track of that on Inside Sources on a Friday. And then it will go to the president's desk, and then there's kind of that ramp and, and go. Uh, but as Devin pointed out, a lot of this is just going to get hung up if we've got a review process that is years uh, to go through and get some of these things approved if there are uh, different elements of the review process that, again, are going to slow things down. Uh, and again, we want to make sure we're, we're doing the environmental impact. We want to take a look at what's happening there. How is it impacti- impacting species and waterways and all of those kinds of things? That's, it. That's important. Uh, we don't have to be the Wild West in all of this. And we have to make sure there's a way that it can be done uh, so that it is profitable uh, so that companies will have an incentive uh, to go down that path uh, because we can't expect businesses to go down paths where they say, well, there's no way, that's just a no win for us. It's going to take us way too long. We'll probably end up spending millions of dollars in a in a court battle. Uh, it'll be slowed down by a lot of regulatory pieces. Uh, and so that slows innovation, that slows progress. Uh, and so to me, when we talk about climate, when we talk about green energy, uh, we have to make sure that we include in that not just throwing dollars at it. Uh, that's fine. We can have some dollars in there. We also have to look at the regulatory scheme that just might be holding it back. Uh, I've always said for businesses, there are things when you're trying to achieve an important goal that are driving forces, uh, and that's the motivation, the innovation, uh, all of those things that you bring to bear. But there are also restraining forces things that are slowing it down, preventing it from actually getting done or sustaining it over time. And often what we do is we just add driving forces, often in the form of money. Uh, And money covers a multitude of sins, but it does not remove the restraining forces. And if you don't remove the restraining forces, they're still there. They may coil up a little bit uh, because of the driving forces you've added, but eventually they're gonna pop and spring uh, and slap it back down and prevent you from actually having success. So, yes, driving forces in terms of, of allocation of funds, and we've got to remove the restraining forces, some of the unnecessary, overburdensome regulatory schemes that prevent us from getting the innovation that we all want to get to, uh, especially when it comes to climate and the environment. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Final thoughts coming up on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stick around.